Hi, welcome to the Happy in Medicine podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Christina Arnold. I'm an expert certified coach and a physician mom. I help women physicians go from burnout to happy in medicine. Let's get started. Today is a very special treat. In today's episode, we are covering the best of highlights from the breakup and makeup with your phone workshop. If you've already heard it, this is going to be a fun refresher. You can check and see how am I doing so far? What have I forgotten? What could be useful here? You can hear it in a whole new way. Maybe you've been putting the tips in place over the past few weeks to months and you want to just see, like, is there something else I can dial in? You're going to get best of highlights today. If you've never heard the workshop, all of this will be new and it will be a good time either way. So here's what you want to know. This shocked me. And by the way, this, some of these statistics are from the new book, How to Break Up with Your Phone by Catherine Price. She's an award-winning science journalist and her book has been all over the place. It's a fun read. I highly recommend getting it for yourself if you'd like. It's less than $10. It supports a woman scientist and it's a pleasure of a read. You can read it by the pool in a couple of hours or, um, if you don't swim indoors in the wintertime like I do, you can read it by the hot tub. So here's what she shares. Americans check their phone on average. Guess how many times a day? About 50 times a day for adults and closer to 100 times a day for kids. Up to 80% of us have our phones within our reach every waking moment. So in terms of like what has changed the fabric of our culture, our thinking, our lived experience, the phone is the phone's gonna be really high up there. Half of the um, Americans check our phones in the middle of the night, so we go to sleep and we have our phone there and then we just scroll up when we wake up. And for young folks, it's closer to 80%. There are now text-related strain injuries related to our thumbs and arms and neck. 80%, or I just said that, but let me say it again, 80% of us have our phones in our reach at every waking moment. Just think about where's your phone right now? If you're, if you're listening to the podcast on the phone, it's probably like in your, it might be in your hand. 80% of Americans check their phones within 30 minutes of waking up. One out of 10 Americans checks their phone during sex. If you look at how much time on any given day Americans are on our phones, it is four hours a day, 28 hours a week, 112 hours a month, 56 full days a year. So if you like me have ever said, oh my gosh, I need more time, like lots of it, right? You actually might have buckets and buckets and buckets of time sitting in plain sight by just making some subtle shifts to your phone usage. I am for sure not going to suggest throwing your phone away. Pollution is gross. And also we need our phones. We want our phones. They're so fun. But if we can make a few subtle shifts, we can have more connection with our loved ones and ourselves. We can feel more rested. We can have more time and energy and stillness back. We can be sleeping better. I don't have a statistics for this, but I'll tell you, my waking tracks when I used to have my phone with me when I ate and I wasn't paying attention to how much I was eating. I was just eating, eating, eating because I was watching a show. My weight just increased and then my sleep would fall off when I put my phone in my bedroom. So in terms of thinking like what are our fundamental needs uh, what are fundamental wants of having an extraordinary life, like getting good sleep, like having great relationships, like feeling rested, like feeling good in our body, being able to have a healthy relationship with our phone, with our phone is going to be a very beautiful way to reclaim so much of your life in a way that feels very empowering, 
and calm. And that's what you're going to get in the How to Break Up and Make Up with Your Phone workshop. Now, in this highlights reel, we're going to cover about 25% of what I covered at the workshop. If you love it and you're like, oh my gosh, I've got to hear everything. And by the way, we do a workshop just about every month and they're all free. So make sure if you want to be on the next workshop or you want to hear it or you want to know where the replay is or you want to have the podcast delivered to your inbox, or you don't want to know what's, you want to have first tips on whatever we're offering, whether that's a workshop or an offer or a freebie or next group coaching, make sure you've entered your email at yourpathandfocus.com slash email. That means you will get a message from me so you'll be the first to know anything and you have first tips on all the things. It's yourpathandfocus.com slash email. Here is what we're going to cover in today's session. In the highlights, this is the highlights, folks. This is only 25% of the, of the show at maximum. But here's what we're going to cover. We're going to cover solutions for if you have this thought, but I shouldn't be on my phone this much. Being on the phone this much makes me a bad mom. Being on the phone this much makes me a bad doctor. I'm really sucking at life when I'm on the phone. I have some solutions for you. Another common driver of being on the phone is, oh my gosh, I'm going to miss something critical and then someone is going to get injured or I'm going to miss something critical and someone I love is going to be in distress. I have solutions for you here. I'm going to show you how a good relationship with your phone actually will benefit everyone. You are going to love the baller out of office message I share in this clip. It is the best out of office message you will ever see. If you ever come back from vacation and have 5,000 emails in your email account, like that's no joke. I, there are some leaders who I coach who have 500 emails a day. So if they're gone for a few days, they'll come back to 5,000 emails legitimately. I'm going to show you the most baller out of office message. So you come back and you have no emails in your inbox to deal with. Are you ready for that? You're going to love it. I'm going to tell you about an out of office text message. I didn't say email message there. Did you notice a text message? So when people text you, they get an automatic out-of-office response. So even if your boss has your cell phone, because sometimes they do, because they're not in coaching and they don't realize boundaries are important, right? and also in coaching, I can show you how to set up those boundaries. But anyway, if your boss texts you while you're on vacation or after hours, you can set an out-of-office text message. They know where you are and they know when you'll respond and you can protect your boundaries. We are going to, I'm going to share with you my very own digital protocol. It is so simple. A lot of you are going to think digital protocol, that's too much work. That's what my brain would think. I'm definitely not mocking you. I'm going to share with you my digital protocol. It is so simple. You might want to steal it. Feel free. Or I'm going to, if you don't want to steal it, I'm going to teach you how to make your own and make the digital protocol be fun. Because listen, we don't want to do anything unless it's fun. That is my main motto in life. I'm going to tell you what the single most powerful driver of being on the phone too much is and how to solve for it for you, for partner, for the kids. You're not going to want to miss this session. If you love what we're doing here, I want to invite you to join us in a group coaching program. We do this work every single day. All of our workshops, including this one, the full link is in the library forever and ever and ever. You can join us and you'll get access to it immediately. You can join right now at yourpathandfocus.com. We have a seat open and it has your name all over it. Enjoy the show. What we're going to talk about here is how to break free from that digital leash to just have more freedom. So we can go on vacation, maybe not have the boss call us at 9 p.m. on a Sunday night. 
so that our mood and our mental clarity is not determined by the phone. So we can connect with our loved ones and ourselves. We have more stillness and calm in our lives. So we can relax and rest more. We can feel better. We can feel good in our bodies, not overeating. So we have time for all those other things that are important, like hobbies, like taking a nap, like reading a book, being able to fully disconnect to, from work and life and just really connect to you and your family because you deserve more freedom for sure, 100%. So that's what we're here to do today. So we're going to start off with some coaching and then we'll go into this book. Some coaching tips are to know it's okay to want the phone. I hope that's clear right now. Oh, this is brought pretty commonly into coaching as I want help using my phone less. And it's usually coming from a place of shame. So here's how it most often presents in my world. Something like, I was with my kids last night. They asked me to play trains and I was on my phone. I snapped at them and I said no and I'm terrible mom and I just yelled at myself all night long I didn't sleep at all and then I was so reactive the next day so you want to know anytime we shame ourselves it's gonna feel terrible and when we feel terrible we're more likely to go to the phone not less likely and so we want in my coaching program a big part of that is to remove the shame around what we're doing it doesn't mean we keep doing it we might not like that we snapped at our kids but we also want to like not have shame about it, understand it makes sense. And here's what I want to do next time. And when we don't have shame in the way, we can make those changes really quickly in a place that takes care of us and them that feels uplifting. But I'll just tell you a snapshot of that coaching with that client who was telling herself she was a bad mom is we just explored the opposite. We explored her rule. We found that she had this rule that she needed to be available 24-7 when she was home for her kids. And that rule felt terrible and it made her feel a lot of shame whenever she went to her phone so we just explore well what if it's not the worst thing in the world what if it could be useful to be on your phone some of the time if you decide to be on it maybe not all the time and in a way that you feel you can control it we came up with sometimes it's good for kids to be on their own too that being able to for a child to be able to develop independent play to work on their own and think on their own, that's useful too. Sometimes it's good for a mom to have a break. If we think at work, we have to be 24 seven available to them in a very intense, relentless way. And then we go home and we think we also have to be relentlessly available to our family. It can be exhausting and it can have us show up in our relationships in a really depleted way. That we're not all there, we're just so exhausted. So it's good for us, it's good for them. We teach for them how to how to be on phones when they see us. So they see us on a phone, we're like, it's okay to be on a phone. And also we put our phones down for dinner and they learn through us how to engage with their own phone usage too. We worked on walking away from the shame so that we could decide on purpose, okay, what do we want our social media habits to be on purpose? And you're more likely to make those decisions in service of you if you're not feeling ashamed of yourself. So that's where the coaching is to do is to be, it's okay to be on there. And what do I want from this experience? A really common reason people are on their phones is they'll tell me, I'm just so afraid I'm gonna miss out on something critical. And the story might be a pretty legitimate one. Like someone could have a medical crisis and if I'm not there and if they help them, they might die. And so, in, and so you could understand if a doctor has that relationship with their phone, they will be on call 24 seven for the rest of their lives. Because that 
reason could really compel constantly checking your phone all the time, even when you're on vacation. And it doesn't have to be a problem. If you feel very empowered by that and that feels really good in your body, keep it. But if you're coming to coaching because you're like, I don't have enough time and I want to be more present in your life and I hate being chained to my phone, then we want to question all of that. So the work we did at that coaching session is, what if it's actually good that you're not 24-7 in charge of this lab and available? How could that be good for everyone? First, this leader came up with, gosh, if I have a chance to rest, I won't be as irritated by everyone. I'll be able to think at a higher level. I'll be able to problem solve better. I'll be more present when I'm there. I'll be more rested. We also got to, as a leader, if you're taking time off in a very public way, like they know they write you at 11 p.m. at night, you're not going to write them back. It gives the impression and permission that they can take care of themselves too. The work-life balance is a priority for you and for them. You're leading by example. Not to mention the lab gets to think through things on their own. You get to build more leaders in the lab more people who can think independently because they're going to work through it. Now, it doesn't mean it's going to be perfect. The more we, more other people are involved, there might be mistakes, and we can handle that too. And if we know learning happens through the mistakes and that that's all part of the process of making independent leaders, it can help everyone in the level, lab up level. So here's some other thoughts that can be helpful. Feeds aren't meant to be finished. They're just not. If you have a very small following or you're on a platform that doesn't move very quickly, it's possible every once in a while you'll get a message that says, all caught up, nothing new. But that rarely will happen because the algorithms are designed to hold content back. So it's always delivers something new. So every time you hit refresh, even if it's one second later, it'll show you something new. So if it's never finished, you just get to choose when you're finished with it, which is a really empowering way to be thinking about anything in life. I don't have to finish this. I'm finished with it now. I just get to make that choice. You don't have to respond to everything. Not everything needs a comment, right? Not every email needs a full response. Sometimes a response could just be one word. I remember when I was a leader and there would be an issue at the hospital and I'm like, oh my gosh. And I start thinking, okay, the email has to have the context, the what we have in place, the science, the statistics, what we're doing and why. Before you know, it was like five paragraphs long and that took me so long. I had to go up and pump in and get all the research and think about it and read the papers and talk with people. And all of a sudden, this one email was taking eight hours of my time. I was exhausted by the end of it. I learned the further I got, you know what? We could just say, okay, right? <laughs> One word, okay. That works too. And then it's less work on them because they don't have to read and think and pull papers. They can just be like, all right, we're good. Or it could be something simple like, I support this. Sounds good. Let me know I can help. We can simplify our life so much by simplifying our relationship with the devices and being selective about what we respond to and how. We just can give ourselves permission. This is what I want to respond to. This really doesn't need a response. This gets a thumbs up. <laughs> we just need to pick. All right, so out-of-office text messages, I promised you I would give you the best out-of-office message ever. Uh, so we're going to look at two different versions of this. <clears throat> one is basic and one is advanced. Neither is better than the other. You just get to choose what you want to experiment with. 
I want to say, I said, out of office tech email slash text message. So I am, this is the first bit I'm going to bring in from this book, How to Break Up with Your Phone by Catherine Price. We'll go into a lot more detail in the second half of the talk. But I had no idea. There's something called an out-of-office text message. What? So here's how this is amazing. Here's how this will change your life. Clients will come to me, they're like, well, I'm, I'm left on vacation. I put an out-of-office email. Amazing. That takes care of my email. I don't have to be watching it. Everybody knows. But what do I do when the boss texts me? And the boss can tell that I've opened the email. And now I'm stuck. And now I have to respond. Right? No, 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 no. When you have out-of-office text message, you can immediately respond back with this very same message that I'm out of office. I'll be back on the state. Email me here. How this works is, I think she goes into detail, like tech detail here. I'm not a tech person and I figured it out. So this is something you can adapt. It is different for every model of phone. So you're going to want to Google out of office text message and your phone type. And then you can set it up that way and experiment with it. But what that means is you can get a text from your boss when you're in the Caribbean on your cruise and they will immediately get a response back and out of office. Here's the date. Beautiful. Okay, so here's the basic level of the out-of-office message. I also want to say I, on the replay, as I send the replay, I'm going to send a workbook with all of these slides and some notes. So you'll have everything. Feel free to screenshot if you want to. So here's the basic level, starter level that you've probably read a thousand times. Very neutral. People are expect this. I'm out of office. I have no email access. In case of emergency, please call these people because emergencies might happen, but you're not responsible for them if you're on vacation. You don't have to be responsible for them if you're out of office. I will be returning this message upon my return on this date. Very simple, very straightforward. Just tells everyone where you are and when to expect something from you. Beautiful. Works great. I'm going to show you another version. Now, this version my mentor gave to me, and I was like, OMG, I can't ever say that. <laughs> I'll tell you, I originally worked up the gumption and said it, and I had zero complaints. And actually, before I left medicine, the hospital is emailed out, you all should be sending these, you should be sending your out of office to say this. This is a very effective way. So it had support from the highest levels of university leadership. And I actually never had a problem. I'm going to present it to you and it's your choice if you want to use it or not. But here it is. I'm out of office with no email access. In case of an emergency, please call this person. If you'd like a response to this message, please resend it upon my return on September 15th. This allows you, if you choose this option, to come back from vacation and not look at any of those emails, just to start fresh with that day. What I have found, I had no ever had any friction with it myself. You feel free to decide what you want to do. But what I found is most people work through all their issues while I'm out. They're like, I'm not waiting for September 15th. I'm going to go ask somebody else. I know she's on service. Done right? Or it's just not important at all. It's just an email they're sending to 1000 people and they don't really care. You know, they don't care to resend it and just like done too. Once in a while, you'll have someone who's like, no, 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 I really want your response. They'll write you. So you may have a couple of emails and that's so much, that's so manageable, right? All right. Let's continue on, on this really good, really good topic is how to have a digital protocol. So here's what I mean by protocol. When we want to lose weight, we have a food protocol. When we want to get better sleep, 
we work on a sleep protocol. When you want to use your phone less, you may want a social media protocol. And here's my advice for you. Where food protocols can be kind of detailed, like I'm going to have this at this time, this at this time, this at this time, this is what I'll drink, here are my vitamins. Like food protocols can be a lot, potentially. I would suggest not making your digital protocol a lot. I would suggest keeping it so simple. This is my digital media protocol. It's so simple. Three words, no phone zones. That's it. And it might be, this might be the only thing you need to have every result you want for your social media. So for example, I have no phone zones in a couple of areas. In my bedroom, because I'm going to get sleep as my priority. At the dinner table, because family is a priority at the dinner table. And anytime I'm eating, no phones. I notice when I eat with a phone, I always overeat because I'm not paying attention to how I feel. When I have the phone at the dinner table, I'm not as engaged in the conversation. When I have the phone anywhere in my room, my brain's like, let's go to the phone. That sounds like fun. <laughs> so that's it. It's so simple. I just make sure I don't have a phone in these areas. I'm, the other thing I'm working on right now is not checking my phone within the first hour that I'm awake first, and the hour before I go to bed. Just so I really am very mindful and it, it helps me set up an intentional day. So, so simple. That's as simple as it needs to be for me. It's an option for you. Start small. You're going to have a lot of content by the end of this hour of all these different things you can do, which is so fun. And don't expect to do all of them. I would say pick one thing, do that. And if you love the results, add something else later if you want to. But it's possible no phone zones or it's possible that out of office text message thing just changed your life. You're like, that's all I need. I'm good. So keep it really small so that you can have time to make it fun. As with any protocol, know that it's okay to fail. You for sure will fail because you're a human and you're up against like tech giants with these things, right? So you for sure will fail. It doesn't make you a failure. Those fails are when you'll do some really deep learning. I teach in my program a two-step evaluation where we don't shame ourselves with a fail. We're like, ooh, what happened here? Let me just see if I can make this digital protocol more supportive of me. The protocol might have failed. It wasn't me. I'm not a failure, but there's something here for me so that I can optimize this so it's even a better fit, so it makes it even easier for me to succeed. And this process is actually how you'll make your plan uniquely yours. Your plan might not look like anyone else's plan, and it doesn't have to be. We want it to fit like you. We want it to be this like customized couture dress. We want it to be especially made for you. So part of that will be to not punish yourself along the way, but to be so curious. What happened here? And how could I plan for that next time? Because perfection isn't even the point here. Not at all. I don't know any, I would say this, anything I've wanted to do that required a pretty big change to my world would involve fails. And through the fails is when I learned my biggest lessons. So we don't want to avoid the fails. We just want to make the fails not mean we're going to shame ourselves. Perfection is the point. Have fun. Be so, so curious. And I think that's why being in a coaching group can help. It can help your brain from shaming you instead of being like, let's just be curious what happened. Nothing's gone wrong. We can fix this. We can make this plan work for you a little bit better. I think it's useful to have a plan, task, and set. So what I mean here is if you're going from using the phone a lot to using it a lot less, that transition for your brain might be a harsh one. And so something you can do to ease into the transition, ease into the transition, is to offer your brain something else instead. So 
So when your brain wants to go to the phone, you can say, okay, wait, wait, I'm going to just like put the phone down and I'm going to do some of my breathing exercises. I'm going to do some meditation. I'm going to stretch. I'm going to move. And you give our brain something else to focus on. Sometimes that's enough to just really ease through the transition. The meditation, I put headspace and just so they get a lot of questions like, how do I even start meditation? And you never have to, but if you want to, a lot of people like headspace because it's free and they have short 10-minute clips of meditation. And you can learn how to meditate so that when you're in your phone-free time of your day, you, you feel very comfortable with it, for example. So the real reason, are you ready? The real reason why we're on our phone so much? Lean in for this. Ready? Real reason we're on our phone so much, everyone. So this is this is the main reason, and this will be the main cure that will that will just change everything. The real reason we're on our phone too much is we don't like uncomfortable feelings. So when we feel bored, oh, there's a commercial. I'm bored. This is this is my brain. I'm not making fun of you. This is my brain. There's a commercial. I'm bored. Let me go to that phone. Or in the day, I'm anxious. I haven't checked in. What the boss hasn't told me what he decided about my vacation. Let me check my phone. I'm scared I might miss something. Let me check my phone. So whenever we feel these uncomfortable emotions, it's very common for humans to want to distract with something else. And so that's why we check our phone a lot. It's not a problem. We all do it. It's very human. And what we're doing with this like habit loop is we're teaching our brain we can have we have zero tolerance for boredom. And we have to immediately, when we're feeling bored, go to the phone. It's like setting up a Pavlov's doll kind of kind of circle a chain of events of a new habit. I feel an uncomfortable feeling, go to the phone. You're not wrong. Most people do this. And if you want a different relationship with your phone so you can start opening up more time and energy in your life, you're going to want to consider being willing to allow that anxiety, that boredom, that missing out feeling. In my coaching program, I show you how to deal with that so that it's not the scary thing that swallows you up and spits you out. But it can be a really beautiful experience. Just know that if you're sitting there thinking, that sounds terrible. I want to say, I hear you. It is terrible. I'll tell you, I've been through this. I'm only presenting things that I did. It's kind of terrible. Let it be terrible. It's terrible as long as it is. It's terrible because you're changing the way your brain thinks. It's terrible because you're going from wanting immediate dopamine hits from your phone to learning how to take care of yourself. But on the other side is the freedom where your emotion and mental clarity is not determined by your phone, where you don't need the phone to feel better, where you get to feel better all on your own. It's very powerful. Some tips for how to do this. If you're in my coaching program, you know about this, but if you're not, I think this is just, and even if you are, this is helpful, is now we give credit to Brooke Castillo at the Life Coach School. You can go to her podcast. It's free. Uh, the Urge Jar, she'll walk you through it. It's a really beautiful, simple tool to help you change your habit of being on the phone. You can use it actually for any habit. So we used it for stop less screaming in the house, less curse words in the house. We've used it for everything. We do have family urge jar. Here's how it works. If you're trying to change a habit, this is such a beautiful tool that will help support you. So what you can do is, how that she proposes, is get a beautiful glass container and beautiful glass beads. And every time you have the urge to pick up the phone and you don't, you get to put a glass bead in the jar. And it sounds so simple, but I tell you, your human brain, like my human brain, is like, yeah, girl, clink. Like, I just heard a clink. 
Sounds fun. Our human brain loves to accumulate things. And so you can accumulate things in a way that supports you on your new habit journey. It helps make the dopamine hit from the phone to be this dopamine hit in supporting you, creating a new habit loop. Brains love accumulating things. Here's how I like to think about it. Every action we do, every habit we bring on, every action we do is a vote for the person we're trying to become. In this way, in the urge jar, you get to visually see your votes accumulate for the person you want to become. The person who's less dependent on the phone, the person who doesn't need the phone to feel better. So you get to visually see your growth. It's really powerful. So common questions. And by the way, you don't have to buy anything. If you want to just get a cup and some pennies, you can just do an urge jar in your house like that. You don't have to buy anything. A common question I get is, well, what do I do when the urge jar is full? And so there's a couple of answers here. One is that it is kind of amazing. At some point, you will fill up this urge jar. It will have 100 beads. And at that point, your brain is a totally different brain. You have a very different relationship with technology. You are independent of the phone. You decide when to use it and how. You are in charge of your emotions. You can handle boredom, anxiety. You can create joy. That is the real prize, y'all. That is a good prize. I'll say for our family, what's worked is we have to do family urge jars with the kids. And what works is we just decide ahead of time, what is the thing we're working on as a family? And then what do we want the prize to be? With kids especially, it can be useful for them to see like, oh, I get this at the end. So for us that we've used, oh, at the end of this, we're going to run a movie. We're going to go on a trip. We're going to their favorite museum in town. We get to each order a book. So that's what we do. You just get to pick what you want to do. Towards the question, it's also I get is like, but what happens if I fail? Because we know we will. We're human, right? You never punish yourself. Part of my coaching program is just to learn how we just do not punish or shame ourselves. So we don't take beads out. We don't punish ourselves at all. We just don't put a bead in. And then if we want to, we can be curious about what happened without making ourselves wrong. All right, let's move over. That was the coaching that I wanted to share with you. Folks, that is our very short highlight reel from the How to Break Up and Make Up with Your Phone workshop. The other two thirds of the workshop are housed in our digital library, and you can have immediate access to it. It's so much more when you enroll and join us in coaching at yourpathandfocus.com right now. Inside the program, we will be able to support you through having this new relationship with your phone, through having side-eyed husband because he cannot get off his phone at the dinner table, right? <laughs> These are just things I've coached on in the past. I have no personal experience with this. Just kidding. I have lots of personal experience with this, and I coach on this a lot. So if you'd like support and having a new relationship with your phone, being more connected with your family, being more connected to you, having more time and energy, getting better sleep, losing weight, please consider joining us. We'd love to have you at yourpathandfocus.com. Make sure you enter your email so you never miss a free live training or the latest news. Have the podcast delivered directly to your inbox. Enter your email at pathandfocus.com slash email. If you love this podcast and you have some friends who you think are on the phone too much, make sure you forward this podcast over to them with so much love. Right. No judgment. Just like, hey, friend, I just went to this workshop. It was so much fun. I've gotten so much better sleep since then. I love, if you'd love to have better sleep, check this out, something like that. Have a beautiful week, everyone. We'll see you next time. Bye.